he called it medium rare for like insurance purposes. <laughs> but if this big man dies of a bloodborne pathogen, it's not on me. up everybody welcome to the two woke nerds podcast thank you so much for tuning in again if you like what we do please leave us a rating or review at apple Podcasts. help us get the show out there share this with your friends wherever you found it whether it was apple Podcasts, google Podcasts, stitcher tune in spotify anywhere where you can find fine podcast content you can find raymond and myself feel free to connect with us on social media at two woke nerds shoot us an email two woke nerds at gmail.com my name is gerald goodridge i'm your host this week like I am every week, and I'm joined by a man who has to stop shopping on Amazon, Raymond Summerlin. Ray, how are you? That's what my credit card company says. They said it's time for me to stop buying things on Amazon. I find all sorts of fun stuff on Amazon. I just bought a pool robot for the pool in the back. I'm going to have a lot of fun watching that thing just move around. Is there anything more satisfying than watching a robot do your cleaning for you? Like you just sit back and go, yeah, I'm in the Jetsons. I'm living my good life. I mean, we are officially living in the future, so we got we got a uh, one of those robot vacuums. Uh, her name is Bobby, and <laughs> it's it's one. So it's actually like a Bobby branded robot vacuum, and it's one uh-huh. of the most effective like marketing and kind of indoctrination even like <laughs> that I've been a part of because like it comes with a birth certificate and like there's like a like the packaging has like the stork on it and it's like it's like a member of your family. It's really weird. Well, mine was named Reek. But now, now, since we put a BB-8 sticker on the top of it, now I guess I have to change the name of it to something else. I'm not going to call it BB-8 though, because BB-8 was not a service was not like was not a servant droid. Uh, I have to come up with something else. But the BB-8 sticker looks cute, and so I enjoy it. I enjoy watching the little BB-8 zoom across my my floor to ultimately get tangled in a cord and upset me <laughs> before it finishes its task. Yeah, that's the thing. It's like, ugh. Like uh, how how did how did I miss that one shoelace? Exactly. Yeah. Exactly. God, it unplugged my subwoofer, which really made me <laughs> upset because it's like back behind everything, and I was like, now I have to move the couch. It would have been easier to vacuum myself. Why are you doing this to me, Rupa? <laughs> oh man, it's we are the we are the most spoiled, privileged people that I've ever Bro. had the the privilege of being connected with Raymond. You and I. I live first world problems on the daily. That's like, that's above first world. Is there something above first world? I bro, I live half world problems. <laughs> Quarter world. I don't know. I don't know what it is. But yeah, I live it all the time. Like when your smart switch won't work and you think, ah, oh, how, how dare I have to stand up and go over and, and press and press a button on my wall. How did people live this way? Downloading a downloading a firmware update. I will never get over when my phone told me my light bulb needed a new firmware installed. <laughs> never get over that. I'll never, never be the Bro, same. It's a light. Let them hack into it. What are they going to do? I don't know. If, granted, if they found a way to hack into it and wake up my kid, I'd fight somebody. So, whole separate conversation. We're not here to talk about. Do you hear that, Russians? If you're looking to start a war, I know just the way to do it. Goodridge's. Hack my son's light bulbs, wake him up. We gonna fight. It's gonna happen. No. So, um, we are here to talk about the upside of nerd rage, Raymond. Is that what we want to call if, this? I 
was it ever as like toxic as some of the other nerd ragey things or is it just that we all kind of it feels very so this feels more akin to like the game of thrones backlash than the than like the star wars stuff is everybody just kind of went well justice league was kind of bad wasn't it could it have been better <laughs> so if the thing with john boyega hadn't happened like today as we're recording i maybe would have felt differently but the thing with john boyega happened and reminded me that there's some terrible people in this world and there's a chunk of them that are star wars fans so um can i can i say something about that if you haven't been following just go follow john boyega said that he didn't like racist he used some colorful language he's an adult he can do whatever he wants but he said he doesn't like racists. And then it seemed like people took that to mean he didn't like white people. Which if you're making that connection in your brain, that's something to that's just something to think about. Hold up the conversation. That's just something you might want to dwell on. Just just for twenty minutes in a dark room. Think about why that was the connection you made. Anyway, let's continue. So uh so if you don't know what's going on, for years, since Justice League came out, um the DC fandom has been clamoring for the Zack Snyder cut of the Justice League. So kind of what happened was Zack Snyder in the, in mid-production, there's a lot that happened. He There was some disagreements about what the production should be. He was dealing with the aftermath of a, of a tragic family, a death in the family. Um, and so all of that together kind of led to a separation from him being the helmer of the Justice League and or really like the DC universe at large, right? He was kind of setting the direction for it. Uh, so other people came in after him, finished the job uh, by other people. I do mean Joss Whedon came in and tried to turn a Zack Snyder movie into a Joss Whedon movie. And it was kind of a mess and <laughs> it wasn't very good. And thus was born hashtag release the Snyder cut. And what's great about this is I always took it like, because there are different things like this, like throughout, like people have talked about, oh, release this cut, release this cut. Like the, I always thought that these were just jokes. I never knew that this was like a possibility, like that this was like a real thing that could happen. Like I am like, I'm so excited about all of the possible, like this opens up Pandora's box and all of the possible, or sorry, Warner Brothers box and all of the possibilities of things that we could like, we could see now that we, we've decided that, oh, this is really, like, a thing that they could do. Like, I mentioned to you, the first one that popped in my head was we get to see Lord and Miller uh, solo because, yeah, I'm in. Disney Plus put that on my streaming service. I'm in. I will watch that 100%. So is this just going to be the future? Is we're going to see – it's going to be the ending of Clue except for real, and you get to pick which version of the movie that you get to watch? One, I want to see the R-rated cut of Galaxy Quest. There, I said it. Um, oh, can we talk? Hold on a second. <laughs> How underrated is that movie? Woefully. Painfully. That, that movie is great. Incredible. I love Galaxy Quest. I absolutely love that movie. It, so, like, that is that is the, the... It was more financially successful, I think, as a family movie, but I feel like it would have been a better film as a rated R comedy, but it was in the days where rated R movies had like rated R comedies had to be like way rated R. Uh, so it got cut down to PG 13 and made some money and I loved it. Um, so yeah, I'm going to read you some of the names in this movie. It's incredible. We got Tim Allen. We got Sigourney Weaver. We got Alan Rickman. We got Tony Shalhoub. Monk is in this movie. We got Sam Rockwell. 
we got some people that you definitely would know, like Missy Pyle, Justin Long. Like, there's that's it's it's loaded. It's loaded. It's a loaded, and it's so like, and especially in like the post nerd culture that we live in, like that's a perfect movie. Isn't it basically like? Did Seth MacFarlane just watch this movie one time and then made his Fox show and like that was it? Is it like I never watched his Fox show, but it seems like that's it's just a Galaxy Quest spinoff, right? I, I can't I can't comment because I never I'm I'm not a Seth MacFarlane guy, so I didn't necessarily watch that. I've heard it's not bad, but uh, it just hasn't moved me to watch it. But that's either here nor there, right? So yeah, sorry. No, sorry. you're fine. That was, a, that was that was a that was a tangent. What's a Raymond and Gerald podcast without random random aside? So the Snyder Cut is coming in 2021 to HBO Max. Rather than releasing it as a uh, as a film, it's going to be kind of six episodic chunks. Uh, they're doing 30 million dollars of additional production on it. Zack Snyder has confirmed that Darkseid will be featured as well as the Martian Manhunter in a weird way as well. Kind of not not the Martian Manhunter, but the disguised Martian Manhunter. Uh, so there's there's a lot to be done. And really the question is, Ray, like, does that excite you at all? Well, I mean, I loved, I'm going to be happy to see how much of that money they spend on Henry Cavill's mustache for a second time. So that excites me. I really want those. I want the line items. I need to talk to the line producer about how much of this thirty million was spent on Henry Cavill. Yeah, I mean, I I always thought that throughout the entire thing, it was weird how they used their villains. We've talked on this podcast before about how them using Doomsday, not even calling him Doomsday, and just using him as like a throwaway in the last fifteen minutes of Batman versus Superman is a weird, like a super weird decision. And we've talked about that before. Having Steppenwolf there and then not have anything to do with Darkseid is a really weird decision. Now, obviously, it's become clear they did intend to have Darkseid involved. But, like, they've made weird decisions with their villains all throughout. And as we've talked about before, one of the things that really turned the MCU around from being, like, okay. Like, like I watched Iron Man 3 today, and it's... (laughs) Okay, might even be too good of a thing to call it. We're going to talk about early MCU and my don't sleep. Exactly. It's whatever. But the, yeah. So the thing that really turned the tide for the MCU into being like legitimately something that you wanted to watch was that they figured out the villains and they really did a good job with them. And DC never figured that out. Even in Wonder Woman, which is good, the worst part of Wonder Woman is the weird Remus Lupin CGI fight at the end which was absurd and had no business happening. So the, the, and we'll see what they do with Wonder Woman 84, right? So I think that they've always used their villains oddly to see how they actually intended to use these villains or how at least Zack Snyder intended to use these villains. I'm interested to see that. And if maybe, maybe it made, made more sense in kind of his vision of what this movie was. Yeah. And, and even like down to things like, there was a ton in the trailers that wasn't in the movie. And that's normally a thing, but they seemed like shots that they were trying to sell people on that are going to be in the movie, right? Like we saw Cyborg was massive in the trailers and was not really seen much in the film, right? Like he seemed like he was going to play a really big part in the film. Not very, not very evident. Uh, Aquaman had a way bigger part in that film than Cyborg. And I honestly thought it, it would have been the other way around. Like Ray Fisher... I feel bad for the guy like Ray Fisher's kind of a talented actor and he's kind of 
gotten messed over by the fact that like this was supposed to be his big break and not only did he not really appear in the movie but the movie was terrible like there's just so much that is is left to be said for this um and i hope like here's what i really here's what i really want Zack snyder to do i want Zack snyder to end this snyder cut thing with the same cliffhanger that he allegedly reportedly was going to end the movie with which is the justice league defeats steppenwolf and then dark side shows up and wipes the floor with them like that yeah, would be, be awesome a, that'd be an incredible way to end this yeah no like that'd be that would be well that well uh, you at this point you'd be stealing from the mcu doing that but but yeah no like that would be like that's that would have been a great ending that have been and like you build excitement for what's what's to come after that. So here's here's my real question, Ray. So if this works, if it works, it's if it's good and people enjoy it, do we get the Zack Snyder DC Universe like TV events? Like is that what this turns into? Like if it makes money and it drives subscriptions for HBO, like do they pump more money in this to get more of this like that's that's the question i have but so they still have they still have cal drogo and um and wonder woman under contract do they still have a flash and cyborg i don't know about them but henry cavill is reportedly in talks to come back so that's as... what i was gonna say so yeah so henry cavill's in talks to come back can you get ben affleck back i i don't think affleck would come back i i do not I can't imagine a world where Affleck comes back. So yeah, so it becomes interesting how you how you bring all that back together. You were talking about Cyborg. I, I was thinking about Cyborg in that movie. It's his most memorable part of the movie. Uh, Jason Momoa awkwardly saying "my man" to him. Is that Cyborg's most memorable part of the movie? Yes, for sure. My man, like it's so it good. Was, it was ah, so good. It was, no, it was so bad. It is so bad. No, that was that was <laughs> ironic. It's so good. It's terrible. Like. And Jason Momoa is a good actor. That's the weird thing. Like, Jason Momoa is good. Give him said, something good to do. He said, my man. My man. <laughs> like, I, I, whatever. It's fine. It's okay. So the Snyder Cut is coming, and we will uh, we'll see what it turns out to be, if it turns out to be anything worthwhile, and kind of what happens from there. So the other news, and this one I think we need to take with a grain of salt because even the source is hedging its bets in the article, but we got this covered is reporting that Harley Keener, if you don't know who that is, will be taking over uh, the MCU in kind of an Iron Man type role. If you don't know who Harvey Keener is, Ray, Harley Keener, Ray, as someone who just recently watched Iron Man 3, share with the class who this character is. He's the little kid from Iron Man 3. Is that, do I need to go any further than that? I don't think you do. So, yeah. So it's a little kid you meet in Iron Man 3. It was, he's the one that you didn't know who he was at Iron Man's, spoiler alert, by the way, spoiler alert, if you haven't seen Endgame. He is the one that you didn't expect to see at Iron Man's funeral at, um, at in, in Endgame. The one that everybody went, who's, who's that, that guy? I just saw Peter Parker. Who's that? Like that, I think that was a lot of the reaction, and so yeah. So I think that it's interesting. They, it seems like they were making contingency plans before they worked out the deal of Spider Man because Spider Man it was supposed to be Spider Man, Black Panther, Captain Marvel. Those were going to be the three kind of tent poles, the way that Iron Man, Thor, and Captain America were for for this next kind of phase. At least that's how I interpreted. I think how you interpreted it as well. Yes. Uh. So. They were saying, well, who's going to be our other tentpole? Could we have another Iron Man step in? 
And the fact that he was at the funeral, I think, lends a lot of credence to this rumor that they he wasn't just Iron Man met a lot of people, right? Leslie Bibb wasn't at the funeral. <laughs> you know what I'm saying? Fair. Uh, so so I think that I think that the fact that he was there was was telling. Although I will be interested to see now that Spider-Man's back in the works, do they kind of put that idea off to the side? Yeah, and I this one is is inter- is not interesting for me, but it's it's a curiosity for me because there's already an Iron Man replacement in Marvel Comics as well because they have Ironheart, right? They have a character, a young African-American girl kind of takes over that role in, in Marvel Comics. And so um, as a as a company that has dipped its toe in representation and diversity, I don't necessarily know if it's a smart move to say, hey, we've got this person of color comic book character, but we're just going to ignore that and put this other um, basically less interesting version of Spider-Man, like at least the actor, right? Uh, less interesting actor in this role. Yeah, I don't know. Like, I don't know anything about him. I mean, the last, the only thing I've ever seen him in where he actually did any real acting was Iron Man 3. And I don't, like he was a little kid. There's nothing really you could tell about it. So I don't know. Yeah, I have no idea. Uh, the The fact that this is like in the ether at all suggests to me that they like the kid maybe and they're trying to think like how do we how do we get him involved and it doesn't really make sense any other way. So so yeah, so I don't know. By the way, we're calling this guy a kid. Like I bet he's like 22. We are old men. We are old, right? Very 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 old. I uh the time continues to slip in the future. It's so tough. Like, it keep it keeps on slipping, slipping, slipping. Into the future. That's all we can play in that song without having to pay anything. So let's move on. Ray, that brings us to your favorite segment, my favorite segment, your grandmother's favorite segment, Don't Sleep On It. Ray, what can good folks not sleep on this week? Well, I actually have been watching a fair amount of of new things recently. Here, I got I pulled up the guy. The guy's name is Ty Simpkins. And he was born. Oh, it doesn't say when he was born. He does look to be about 21 though. We are we are old men. So the um so I've been actually watching some new stuff. So I watched Lovebirds on Netflix. Okay. Which have you got a chance to watch it yet? I have not. It was, I would say, disappointing. Okay. It's worth watching. It's certainly funny. And it has some really laugh out loud moments. But I wouldn't say it's as good as something like Game Night. Okay. But then again, I went into Game Night with zero expectations. And I went into Lovebirds with high expectations because of Issa Rae and, and Kumail Nanjiani. Yeah. So, so you know. Maybe maybe expectations played a role. But still, yeah, it's definitely worth watching if you're sitting at home on a Thursday night with nothing to do. Yeah, definitely watch Lovebirds. I actually went to a movie theater, which was an interesting experience. Uh, they asked me a whole bunch of questions before I could go in, and I had to wear a face mask, and it was really weird. But the uh, I saw that Elizabeth um, Moss movie, The Invisible Man. Okay. And I thought it was really good. Okay. Like I, was, I was surprised by how good it was. I thought this was just going to be another stupid horror movie. And she's such a good actress. Like, is she, she, like, Meryl Streep is Meryl Streep, right? 
Yeah. Non non Meryl Streep division. Is she the best actress working right now? Oh man. That's tough. Uh Regina King still exists, and so it's hard for me to say anybody else. Amy Adams is amazing. Amy Adams is and, really good. And everything. You know who's really good? And I never thought I would say this. Reese Witherspoon is doing yeah. some stuff. Yeah, no, Reese is good. So yeah, there are lots of options, but I just think that uh Carrie Coon, obviously. Yeah. I just think that I think that I think that she is on the Mount Rushmore of working actress. Like she is the things that she's able to do with like her facial expressions, the stories she's able to tell just in like just on her face. And you see that all the time in Handmaid's Tale. It's just stunning because let's be real here. Season two and three of The Handmaid's Tale are garbage. The only reason that they're even watchable is because of her. She is she is fantastic. She's amazing. But anyway, uh, so those two I watched. The one I really want to talk about, though, is a show on Hulu, which I'm going to be very honest with you. It's not for the kids. It's probably not for people who are offended by grotesque uh, grotesque humor. It's not for people who are offended by sexuality uh, of any, uh, or lots and lots of sexuality. If you did not like Westworld, you should not watch this show. But it's on Hulu, and it is unbelievably funny. It's like if Veep was set in was set in Catherine the Great of Russia's time, and it's like that quality of satire and comedy. And I have been falling out on the floor laughing at various points of this. I have had to pause this show, and as it gets to later in the season, it gets a little more serious, and you get to actually move into the kind of real life happenings of Catherine the Great. But it it was like that. That show has sent me into like folded over as far as my fat self can fold over laughing fits. And I have like, I, I think that show is one of the best shows that I've seen this year. I absolutely adore the great again, all the caveats. If you don't like like sexuality stuff and you don't like, you don't like foul language, uh, you know, and stuff like that. It's not for you, but if you don't mind those things, whew, that show is funny. Noted. So, um, my don't sleep, your first don't sleep is what you just flashed to me in the camera to try to distract oh. my mind. <laughs> oh, yeah. So I, I, uh, I'm I, an ADHD kid and a caffeine-fueled kid. Amazon has a Mjolnir fidget spinner that I just absolutely love. It's incredible. And I use it all day, every day to keep my hands occupied while I work. Uh, but my actual couple of don't sleep. So um, HBO Max has dropped. And they have the Adult Swim collection on there. And I had to, uh, I had to ingest really quickly an episode of Aqua Teen Hunger Force and an episode of The Boondocks because those are probably two of my favorite um, animated shows of all time. Uh, the opening of The Boondocks is just incredible, um, and I would love Regina King coming full circle. Uh, Regina King absolutely crushes it as both of the kids, and I would love to see. And hear what Aaron Magruder has to say uh, right about now. I think it'd be interesting to hear his thoughts, feelings, and opinions on what's going on. Uh, I also get Aqua Teen Hunger Force. It's weird. If you don't like weird, don't watch it. But it makes me laugh. It's very, very, very weird. And I love it. And my wife and I still trudging through our MCU rewatch. So we are, last, last time we talked, we had watched Iron Man and uh, Incredible Hulk. Now we've watched Iron Man 2 and Thor. Uh, Iron Man 2... Still not great. 
Still has one of the better action sequences in Phase 1, though. Like, the the Monaco thing, real, real good. Rest of the movie, not that great. Uh, Thor, just as good as I remember it being. Kenneth Branagh crushes that movie. Like, the, it's not the, like the action in that movie, kind of lagging. It is what it is, right? Um, but watching Hiddleston and Chris Hemsworth and Anthony Hopkins just do Shakespeare with, like, Marvel characters was incredible and I love it and it's amazing. So current MCU rankings, Iron Man, Thor, Iron Man 2, and Incredible Hulk. One, two, three, and four. I uh can we talk about Monaco? So The City I, or the Scene? The Scene. So I'm I'm in on everything in the MCU. I'm in on Norse Gods, I'm in on Talking Trees, I'm in on I'm in on uh a arrow that someone controls with a whistle. Like, I'm in on all of this nonsense. But the idea that Tony Stark, as smart as he is, as much as he likes speed and uses it in the Iron Man suit, could just get into an F1 car and run with pro F1 race drivers is absurd. And I'll tell you why it's absurd. It's not that he doesn't have the skill. I'm sure if Tony Stark went and like did the research, he could run with F1 drivers. Do you understand that F1 drivers, the amount of research that's put into every single turn on any Grand Prix circuit they run, where they have to break, where the apex is, where they have to get in, what gear they have to be in. And he's just going to walk out there, no prep whatsoever, and just know that he's supposed to be in third gear and know exactly where the apex point is, going to be able to keep up with these dudes. No, that's nonsense. And I don't need that in my, I don't need that in my superhero movies. Ray, I've known you long enough to not be surprised on which hills you choose to die, but it's it's in a movie that features um, the worst Russian accent committed to film. That's the thing that you decide. That's the hill you decide to die on. So I'm not a good looking man. I say it right at the top. Mickey Rourke in 4K was tough. So my wife's first question, whilst watching Iron Man two, was. Has Mickey Rourke always looked like that? <laughs> that was the question she asked. Uh, I do love Mickey Rourke, though. The wrestler Incre- inc- remains amazing. The wrestler is incredible, right? <laughs> like, great actor uh, when he wants to be. Um, dude collects paychecks sometimes, and that's okay. You know who else does? Bruce Willis. Doesn't mean that Bruce Willis' best stuff isn't great. Uh, that's all we've got for you this week. Ray, where can the good folks find you on the internet? I'm on Twitter at RM Summerlin. You can follow me on Twitter. I'm at GH Goodridge. Follow the show on Twitter at Two Woke Nerds. Shoot us an email, Two Woke Nerds at gmail.com. Thank you so much for tuning in again this week. We'll see you in two weeks. And until next time, stay woke. Stay woke.